Welcome to the Sky News Backstage bonus feature. We had so much to ask the cast and crew of Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. We just couldn't fit it into the regular podcast. So we have got a little bit extra for you. We talked to actors Zac Efron and Lily Collins and director Joe Berlinger about the Ted Bundy biopic, which is in cinemas now. And it's also on Sky Cinema, so you can watch it at home on your sofa right now too. Here's what they had to say. That guy's been staring at you all night. What do you say we get out of here? What is it about this guy? When I feel his love, I feel like I'm on top of the world. There are things you don't know. Hi, officer. I think I must be lost. That will shock you beyond your worst nightmare. Zach, Lily, it's lovely to meet you both. Thank you, you too. So first of all, Zach, Ted Bundy, he was literally the greatest showman, if you'll pardon the pun. This man almost like disnified himself and the media seemed to kind of go along with it. Um, was that really intriguing for you to play as an actor? Well, it does at least ask the question, what is the correlation between um, fame and power? Uh, and as we move forward <laughs> in the world, um, I think we have to be careful who we examine and who we put mm -hmm. on TV. Because um, the day that somebody made uh, that trial public, Ted Bundy was able to manipulate the masses and with his charisma and his charm and his uh, clean-cut white uh, image, um, he got away with everything. And that just is, is uh, heinous. It can't be done. We can't repeat history like that. Mm -hmm. um, but my another th uh, thing is the perspective in the story is told uh, is through Liz's eyes, the girl who was closest to Ted Bundy. And that was um, played by Lily. Yeah. By Liz. Who... Exactly. <clears throat> I mean, she is intriguing. When this script dropped through your door, she is a woman that loved one of our mo most notorious serial killers in the world. You know, could you find something about her that you really liked and made you want to play her? Yeah. Was she a victim or was she complicit? Well, she had no idea what he was doing. So it's, you know, you, you read about these cults and you can read about women that know what's going on and yet they still love whoever is involved. And in my opinion, there's a big difference between that type of character and Liz, where Liz was completely blind to everything that was going on. She loved this man wholeheartedly, did not believe in any of the crimes that he was committing or was com supposedly committing. And he was a, a very good um, partner for her in a sense that he loved Molly, Molly loved him. They were a family unit. And she was just seeing the man who was training to be a lawyer, the man who was a wonderful person at home with her, you know. So I just really, I, I loved her strength, her tenacity, her passion, um, and her willingness to speak out against people that were doubting her and, mm. and her incentives, because she just mainly wanted to be a good mother. And Ted was good to her daughter, and so that it felt like the right family for her. And until the very end, when the, the court case was being televised and she was privy to information that she had not been before, that's when doubt struck in. But before that, um, she was just a woman in love with a man. Mm. He wasn't that monster with her, no. was he? No, no. no so of and, and to most of the people that knew him at that time, friends, 
friends or or um, distant family or anyone that knew him at school. Or, uh, they described him as a as far they would go so far as to say he was uh, at times fun loving, uh, very uh, smart, intuitive, a young Republican. He had every sort of kind of white privilege, good looking thing going for him, and that uh, right there. Um, makes this unique. Uh, a person of color couldn't have gotten away with any of those things yeah. back then, for instance. Like, he would have been... It's shocking. He escaped jail twice. And because of a car. Because, because he was car. a bad driver. Because he was a bad driver. <laughs> and, and also, mm. I don't want to give away too much of the movie because a lot... Uh, well... Don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers. This case is about catching a monster. Ladies and gentlemen, I am that innocent suspect. You are skating on thin ice, partner. So, Joe, with this film, most people walking in, watching it, they're going to know Ted Bundy, most yeah. notorious serial killer, one of yeah. the most in the world, yeah. unless they've lived in a cupboard. <laughs> is the secret to your film that a lot of this is seen through the eyes of Liz, yeah. his girlfriend, who for the majority of the time thinks he's innocent? Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, there have been many serial killer movies about the serial killer who kills and the police procedural and the escalating body count and by the end of the movie the police figure out who the killer is and that's really kind of focusing on the aspect of the killer when he's killing. I was much more interested in making a movie about deception and betrayal and the period of the serial killer's life when he's trying to integrate and be a normal person because we want to think that a serial killer is some twisted and of course they are twisted uh, but some twisted social outcast, some misfit, some weird-looking guy who you could spot a mile away because that gives us this false sense of comfort. Okay, that guy looks like a serial killer. I can avoid the fate. But as Bundy himself teaches us, the people we least expect and most often trust are the ones who actually do evil in this world, whether it's a priest who commits pedophilia and then holds mass the next day, whether it's I hate to get political, but, you know, uh, f fossil fuel executives who deny climate change and they go to bed at night and know that they're killing people and killing the planet. And I know some people might not agree with me, but I'm sure those people have wonderful friends and, uh, you know, people who care about them. But that's compartmentalized evil. E evil is not some two-dimensional monster that comes out. In, in fact, Bundy himself said it. You know, killers aren't, you know, these dark people who come out of the shadows with blood dripping from their fangs. You know, they're your brother, your father, your, your son, your daughter, people you know and trust. That's the nature of evil, the people you least expect and most often trust. And so telling the story through Elizabeth Klupfer's point of view uh, was paramount to, to telling the story this way because I want people to understand the nature of evil, the nature of deception, and the nature of betrayal. Do you think that Ted believed his own hype? Do, did you think that he thinks he was innocent? Because that's something that strikes me. It's not just he fooled everyone else. I wonder if he fooled himself. Well, you know, um, that is a good question, and I don't have a complete answer for you. I think at times he did convince himself, and that is, I think that's the nature of human behavior. We compartmentalize things. I think he had, he craved normalcy. He craved having a family connection. That's why he lived with Elizabeth and didn't kill her. That's why he was a wonderful surrogate father to her daughter from, an, uh, from another relationship. I mean, he needed this normal life. 
But then this compulsion to kill would come along, and that's the side of him that he hid from everybody. But um, whether or not he truly thought he was innocent, I can't say, but he definitely had a need to compartmentalize his bad behavior, which is human nature. We all compartmentalize things to a certain degree. We've all done things we're not proud of, and we kind of compartmentalize them away. Um, obviously, we're not all serial killers, um, but I think that is the nature of evil, that it does not, you know, evil is not some two-dimensional monster, and they come out and they kill you. Uh, it's people that you know and that you trust, and, and that's the warning that I wanted to put out into the world. Mm. We obviously know the Ted Bundy case back to front because you, you also made the documentary. Yes. Um, the Ted Bundy tapes. Yeah. Why this double deep dive into Ted Bundy? <laughs> you know, the fact that I did both conversations uh, with a killer for Netflix, the doc series, and this movie kind of at the same time is... Uh, you know, I'd like to say there was some grand master plan that I would be the guy doing Bundy, in, you know, this year. But it, it, it all kind of happened coincidentally. One project led to the other. But it, it does tap into my deep-seated fascination with Bundy. You know, Bundy defies all expectations of what we want to think a serial killer is. We want to think a serial killer is just, you know, somebody who is just completely removed from society. But Bundy was very much integrated into society. He had friends who supported him. When his first legal troubles started happening in Utah, members of his Mormon church that he was a member of came to the trial and said, you, you have the wrong guy. That's how much people believed him. Even when he was being sentenced to death, you see it in the movie, John Malkovich plays Judge Edward Cowart. And when Bundy is being sentenced to death for his extremely wicked, uh, uh, shockingly evil and vile acts, that's where the title of the movie comes from when he's being sentenced to death, the judge takes pains to say, I have no animosity towards you. Um, you know, you would have been a good lawyer. I wish you would have practiced law in front of me. That to me is unbelievable because mm -hmm. But it really happened, and it's indicative of the fact that Bundy, even in his worst moment when he's being sentenced to death, had seduced the judge, seduced the American legal system that allowed him to defend himself, seduced the American media, which kind of made him into a folk hero. This is, this is the power that this guy had over people. And, um, you know, so I think the lessons of Bundy can't be overstated for, for, for the younger generation. I, I basically made this movie for my daughters. You know, my daughters are both very smart college-age women who are in the prototypical Bundy victim age. And when I decided to do both of these projects, I called them up and I said, have you ever heard of Ted Bundy? And neither one of them had heard of him. Their friends hadn't heard of him. And so we live in an era where there's internet catfishing, where People pretend to be one thing when they're really not. Recently in the United States, uh, a woman was getting into an Uber, and the Uber driver was actually a fake Uber driver and killed the woman. Um, you know, in, an, in, in a period of time where people curate their lives on social media, and I'm guilty of it too, we all put out an idealized version of who we are on social media, Instagram, Facebook, not, I shouldn't say we all do, many people do. Um, you know, that's fine. I'm not criticizing that. But on the far end of that spectrum, there are people out there who put out fake images of who they are for nefarious purposes. And so the message of this movie uh, really is just because somebody looks and acts a certain way, you don't necessarily trust them.
Which is a tough message for people to hear, but I, that's a message I want my daughters to know. It really is, because we believe what we see with our eyes. We're quite basic creatures. And it, it really struck me that if Ted Bundy was around today, I think he would have had an exquisite Instagram account. Because he was so good at branding himself. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a showman, yeah, wasn't he? absolutely. Um, and as you said, there was a, he kind of almost disnified himself. He became a performer. Yeah. And the media picked up on it, and the whole thing rolled. Yeah, in fact, you know, we have a current obsession with all things true crime. You know, mm. people can't seem to get enough of it. And I trace our current obsession with true crime. I trace it all the way back to the, Bun the, the Bundy trial in Florida. It was the first time cameras were allowed in the courtroom in the United States, and Bundy took advantage of it. And for the first time in American history, we had millions of Americans sitting at home and watching serial murder and serial rape as live entertainment. And I think you can trace a line from there right to the O.J. Simpson trial, you know, a decade and a half later, where now there was a proliferation of cable stations and the 24-hour news cycle. And once again, Americans viewed a murder trial as entertainment. And I think that led to the explosion we have today. And it's, it all goes back to Bundy's ability to be this incredible showman, to pull the wool over everybody's eyes, not just Elizabeth Klupfer, but the judicial mm. system and the American media. So on our obsession with real crime, and I ask this as a fan myself of real crime, I yeah. love watching these things. Yeah. Making a film like this, do we, do we risk the danger of of making more murder porn, to adding to the Ted Bundy charismatic, good-looking murderer kind of folklore. Yeah, look, true crime comes in all shapes and sizes. And, you know, I've been called a true crime pioneer, and I have an uncomfortable relationship to that phrase, true crime. Um, I like the pioneer part, but uh, the true crime part suggests that we are wallowing in the misery of others for entertainment purposes. And I don't think that's what I do and many of my colleagues do. I think the work that I have done, I would like to believe, has an element of social justice, whether it's focusing on wrongful convictions, whether it's putting a warning out there with this Bundy movie that you shouldn't trust people because of how they look. Um, so it's all how you handle the project you're doing. I think this is a very responsible film. It's not loaded with violence. I actually, th and, and some people have criticized, well, there's not enough violence in your movie, so you're glorifying him. I think it's just the opposite. If you're a victim of a horrible crime, or you're a family member who's lost somebody through a horrible crime, I think it's much more disrespectful to the victim to recreate that moment of horror. So in our movie, by the end of it, we certainly know that Bundy is just a, a, a loathsome, horrific killer. But we have not loaded the movie up with murder porn. And mm -hmm. so I think whether or not there's a danger of inspiring more killing or glorifying a killer, it's all about how you go about it. And I believe that this is a very responsible movie with a fantastic performance by both Zac Efron and Lily Collins. And by the end of the movie, there's no glamorization because you know what a rotten, horrible person he is by the end of the film. Why Zac Efron for that <laughs> lead role? Why, why Mr. High School Musical? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Zac was the first person I went out to, and luckily he said yes. I was actually very blessed. All the lead actors, Lily Collins, John Malkovich, Haley Joel, Osmond, Angela Serafi, and everyone who I 
reached out to were my first choices and they all said yes because everyone felt we we had a special film here that was trying to say something significant and Zach in particular was very important to me first of all he's obviously a terrific actor and he was looking to stretch himself and if I didn't think he had the chops to pull off the performance he pulls off I never would have considered him but that was a given that he could do the role but the fact that he is a in real life a teen heartthrob for a certain segment of the population. For a certain segment of the population, he's a guy who can do no wrong, even though people really don't know who he is in real life, but they accept him as trustworthy and uh, lovable. Um, as a documentary filmmaker, which is what I normally do, taking that bit of reality and bringing it into the film and playing with his teen heartthrob image to underscore this message that you just can't trust somebody because of how they look, to me was kind of an essential aesthetic element to the film. The media has convicted Ted before he's had his day in court. I'm gagged and you're not. I wonder whether he did it or not. I'm more popular than Disney World. Did you do these things? Absolutely not. Let me get back to plotting my escape here. 